Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. Hey, I've got a short message today. And uh, I'd like to say that um, God is very, very good to us. And I'm going to be talking about my topic today is, is uh, moving on, actually. And uh, just moving forward and moving on. And so uh, basically I've got a scripture here, like a text, it's the beginning of our scriptures here today. The story is this, it's, it's a true story that happened, and uh, there's a guy called Abraham, okay? God said, he's a friend of mine. And that's amazing when the Lord says to us that we're a friend of his. And so Abraham's a friend of God, you've got to catch this. And what's interesting is the Lord said, why should I hold my plans back from Abraham. And in other words, God is actually going to begin to unfold the plan to one of his top guys or top generals, top leaders. God is going to unmask and unfold what he's going to do. It's really interesting. We can ask the Lord, Father, what is the season? What is happening in the world today? Uh, What's happening with the church? What's happening with our governments? Where is the nations going? What is happening on your calendar and on your timetable? The prophetic ministry of the sons of Zadok, they understood, the Bible says, the season and the time that they lived in. In other words, they're not just programmed people just going down the road, you know. But anyway, Abraham's on the scene. God is making three covenants with him, and he's going to talk to him about land. He's going to talk to him about a new covenant uh, for us, you and I. And he's also going to talk, talk about a covenant of people, about forming a nation, which we understand is the state of Israel today. Here's the interesting thing. He puts them in a deep stupor or a deep sleep. And the Bible says darkness hovered over Abraham, Father Abraham, who's a minister of faith, great faith. He's the father, he's the patriot, great father of faith. And he puts him in a deep sleep and begins to tell him an event that's going to take place, get this, in 400 years time. Isn't it amazing if God would speak to us and show us something that's going to happen if the Lord would tarry in four years time? Why bother? Why don't you just leave him out of the loop? It's because of a friendship. The Bible says the secret of the Lord belongs to those who fear Him. God doesn't have a problem with talking to you. He doesn't have a problem of disclosing or uh, unmasking or unfolding a truth. God has got His seeking relationship. So He told Him about an event that's going to take place. There was going to be a famine around the state of uh, Palestine in those days, around the Middle East. And so the best thing to happen was that God shifted the nation of Israel into Egypt, its neighboring country. And for 400 years, remember Joseph, remember Joseph had favor uh, with him, with with the Pharaoh. And then the Bible says that Joseph died. And then the new Pharaoh, the new leader of that time, the new king, the new Pharaoh did not know Joseph, did not know the background of the Hebrews. And over a period of time, they began to see the Israelis begin to grow, that Jewish community grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it no longer was a minority, it became the majority in the land. And of course, that spooked out the Egyptian government under Pharaoh, his leadership. And so they decided to put oppression and a suppression over them to control that people group in case there's not an uprising. Now, we've got to understand a couple of things. In Luke, the Bible says this, that, uh, that Jesus, he came to set the captives free, bind up the brokenhearted, remember that, give sight to the blind. But also it is, he came to set those who are oppressed free. God is not into suppression and he's not into oppression. 
Oppression and suppression is basically putting a people group or an individual, a family, marginalizing them and putting them down, under. Okay, so God's not into that. The Bible talks, if you take that word suppression there or oppression, you actually realize it's a regime, people living under a regime or a tyrant uh, situation and they're oppressed. So they were there, the Bible says, for 400 years. That's like four generations or six generations to be here, depending on the age between 60 and 100. But we'll just say 100, that's four, that's four generations of people. During that time, you lose your culture, you could lose your language, you lose your flow, you lose who you are. And because you're oppressed, you begin to get into a slave mentality, like a victim mentality. Okay. And then the other one is to think about is that God raised up a guy, his name is Moses. He raised him up as a deliverer. De funny thing is he actually lived and grew up as a Hebrew in the courts of Pharaoh anyway, but he begins to see his people oppressed and he uh, begins to do some things and God raises him up and he takes them out of that whole nation of Israel and they had to go through certain trials and tribulations and difficult things. Here's the scripture I've got for us this morning. God speaks to, uh, to, uh, to Moses about the people. Now remember this, God had brought judgment on the house of Egypt. He brought a number, multiple plagues. The last plague was the firstborn child, the firstborn goat, the firstborn stock died. Girl or guy didn't matter, male or female didn't matter. And they died and then Pharaoh decides to let the people go. God was going to judge Egypt because they had oppressed and suppressed his covenant people Israel of that time. Okay, so they flee. They take out about a million people, children included. They begin to move through the, uh, uh, the peninsula there, the Abraham Peninsula, begin to come through, and they come up against a place called the Red Sea. They got across the other side. How do you get across the other side? And Pharaoh had decided, my goodness, did you, did you know what we just did? We just let a million people go. That's income for our nation. We just let a million people go from our country now. We need to go get them. Now, I've tried to do a bit of research to find out how many soldiers, how many armies uh, that the Egyptians had. I can't find it. The Bible just states there were 600 uh, super chariots. Then they had all the chariots of, uh, of Egypt. Then they had all the armies of Egypt. I don't know if that's 10, 20, 50, 100,000 soldiers, but they began to press down on Israel. Israel stuck between a rock and a hard place. They're stuck between being butchered and murdered by, uh, by the Egyptian army led by Pharaoh, and now they're stuck up against a giant and an obstacle. Let me tell you, when you're alive, you're stuck up against an obstacle and a giant, I want to say, but God. You're in the best situation right now. If you've got an obstacle and you're a born-again Christian, you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you've got a Goliath in front of you, it's miracle time. Seriously, it's the time for God to actually throw up His hand and work on your behalf. It doesn't matter if you're going through a business deal that's not going well for you. You've got a family dynamic. You've got a marriage dynamic going on. You've got a situation a situation, God is on your behalf. The Bible says very clearly that if God is for you, who can be against you? It even says that no weapon that's formed against you will prosper, says the Lord of hosts. God knows how to look after His children. He knows how to look after His people as we dedicate our lives to Him. Here's the Scripture. It runs like this. Uh, in uh, Exodus 4, 13, it says, Moses answered the people because now they're up against an ocean strip that they can't get across, literally can't get across, several miles deep. Do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. 
The Egyptians you see today, you will never, ever see again. The Lord will fight for you. You will need only to be still. Another translation says this, hey, you are to be calm in crisis. And then it says that the Lord in verse 15 says, then the Lord says to Moses, then the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? And then he says this, tell the Israelites or tell the Israelis, the Israelites to move on. Let me tell you, when you're facing an obstacle, I'm facing an obstacle that we kind of like there's two things we do. Number one, we begin to stop in our tracks and all progress comes to a, a shaft or a hole. We begin to stop up. Emotionally, we stop up. Uh, practically, we stop up. Or alternatively, the Goliath, the situation in front of us is so big, the mountain is so big in front of us. Do you know what we do? We begin to cut another course. We begin to chase another destiny. We begin to, the mountain is so so big we begin to change our mind and reconsider where we were going we heard from God we knew it was the right thing to do we knew we were going to have a great marriage it's not working out the mountain in our marriage is so poor it's looking so bleak the romance is taken out of the house so what we begin to do is chart another course and find chemistry with somebody else it's sure gone quiet in here even a business, you knew that that was a creative plan. You knew that that was an amazing plan. You had a lot of people to confirm it, a lot of people to get excited about it, and it was an awesome plan. But you know, you hit your first, you hit your second, you hit your third obstacle, and you became downhearted, you became discouraged. And you know what you do? You got stopped in your tracks. Then you begin to reconsider the Word of the Lord. You begin to chart another track. You begin to cut open another track into the wilderness and find another thing. And then one day you get desperate and get upset and you get discouraged and thinking this is not working out, but you should have been over there where God had wanted you to be. There's two things that we do. We either stop in our tracks or alternatively, we cut another cord. We cut another a track in life that really is not heading towards our destiny. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about, um, there's another scripture here to sort of uh, to twin it, if you like, is Deuteronomy 6, uh, 1, 6. It says, how long, speaking to Moses, how long, shall you remain around the mountain? It's an interesting scripture. It's the same thing. How long will you remain? How long will you abide like that? How long will you be contained around that mountain? A mountain speaks in the Word of God as a giant. It's a complaint. It's a problem. It's a situation. It's a crisis. And he's saying, how long shall you remain? And I want to encourage you this morning Maybe you're facing an obstacle, a barrier, or an issue. Maybe it's an internal issue that you don't want to face. Maybe God's beginning to surface something in your life uh, during the season, and you're trying to want to put it down, and yet God's trying to bring it back up. You're trying to suppress this thing down, and He's wanting to bring it up. I'm telling you, it's time to face the music. It's time to take on the Goliath. It's time to, uh, to break through. Turn to somebody this morning and saying, it's time to slay our giants. Can you do that this morning? It's time to slay our giants. Just because it's Father's Day, men, it doesn't mean that we have to become quiet this morning. And uh, this is the time for us. This is the time for us to break through. The first thing this morning, number one, is don't allow pressure to stop you moving. Don't allow pressure to stop you moving. Uh, what happens with pressure is this, is that we quick advancing. We quit it advancing. And we need to handle the pressures of life really well. In fact, we need to, uh, we need to establish a thing called resilience, the bounce back. 
the return, the springing back up. We get pressed down, but we get back up again. We go down, but we get back up again. Someone says something about us. What is it going to do? Is it going to stop us in our tracks? Someone says it. Uh, we hear it in the newspaper or, or somebody says it through somebody else like a messenger to you. And they say it's not going to work for you. It's a crazy idea. What are you going to do? Are you going to hold back? Or are you going to still go with the strength of your conviction? There may not be fish out there. Everybody else is in. But now nah, you still go out with your boat and God begins to do the blessing. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. All God has always been looking for is a generation of people that just good old-fashioned trust Him, had faith in God. That was all it's about. And, and, and so if you look at it this way, is with a pressure and with a crisis, and, and let me relate this. Let me relate this. Pornography is a Goliath, okay? Alcoholism, it's like a Goliath. It's like a mountain. Some people give up on it and say, I've battled with these things for years and I can't get through. I'm so discouraged, I fought, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I've got no help, I've got no resilience, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. Don't you ever give up. I never gave up on bondages, I didn't. I, I, I was always, thinking about this the other day, I was always an optimist. I had a 12-year bondage, a 12-year area of my life from uh, adolescence right through into adult teenage years and stuff, and I couldn't crack it, I couldn't break it. But you know what? I never gave up. I never gave up. I knew someday and somehow I'm going to win. Somehow because if God's for us, who can be against us? The biggest failure, it's, it's when, you, when, you, when you go down and you give up, that's kind of like, that's, that's it for you. That's the end of the road. But I want to say, you got life after death. Continue to go through. Continue to push through this one. Let's give the Lord a, a hand. Remember, you have to respect the processes of life. Don't shy away from the hard work. Uh, a band, a trusted reputation all takes time to build. A nation takes time to build. A government, a successful government, it takes time to build. A reputation takes time to build. A great family, it takes time, man. It takes time to build things. We live in a day and age where everything happens instantaneously, so we're told that's not a reality. It's not. Things take time, hard work, processes. And you can look at someone's, someone's like they, they're risen up, but hey, you don't know the hard yards. We don't know the years of trial, the years of disappointment, the years of discouragement, the years of knockbacks, the years of being elected, then down you go and all that sort of stuff. But I'm telling you what, God wants to have a thing inside us called fortitude. It's a funny word. Or like res resilience that we keep on going. We keep on pushing through. We don't give up. We don't give up on the fact we might have like 150, 200 people here this morning with our surround, but we don't give up that Rarotonga can be saved. Just because we're not seeing hundreds of people every single week giving their hearts to the Lord, might see 10, might see five, it doesn't mean we give up on God. God has spoken. A nation can be saved. It's a prophetic statement. Rarotonga shall be saved. It's not that God has singled us out for blessing more than another country. He's just beginning to unfold to His prophetic ministries what His plan is for this country. And it's the same with your marriage. You might be up against hard rocks, man. Woo! You might be up against, she's a hard one, my girl. But I'm telling you, don't give up on her. Just because she's up the nightclub every, every night. Pull her down. 
<laughs> Go get her. How much is she worth to you? Just because you've got alcoholism, you can beat alcoholism. You can break that thing. You can break that chain. You can break that curse. You can break drug addiction. You can break sexual addiction. You can break the dependence. Yes, you can. You can do it. Listen, we were never, ever created to do this thing alone. It was always God with us. And I'm telling you, if you're doing Christianity alone, that's the most religious dry experience. If you're doing marriage, how about this? If you're doing marriage alone without God, it's going to be, you know what? It's going to be dry. It's going to crack at the top. You're going to get familiar with one another. You're going to lose the gratitude. It's just like all boring. And the eyes begin to flicker this way to somebody else. I'm telling you, you can get the romance in the house. Don't you ever give up on your marriage. Don't you ever give up on your children. They may be into hard drugs. They could be anywhere around the world, not even interested in God. I'm telling you, God is on their case. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above that which we ask and imagine according to His power that lives within us. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. God is able. He's more than able. We are more than able to take the land. Keep moving. Keep pushing through. In the summertime, push through. In the autumn, we push through. In the wintertime where it's gray, we continue to push through, grab for the strength of our conviction, push through. In the springtime, things are beginning to grow. Different season, visual season, we push through. We're back in the summer again. And if we don't get what we got, we continue to push through. Respect the processes of life. Things take time. Do not yield and go down with pressure. You're bigger than the pressures, okay? And uh, the other area is this. The Bible says a lot about remaining, and it says about abiding. Abide, abide, abide. Abide in the presence of the Lord. Face our giants. Face our pressures with maturity. Praise the Lord. Number two. As a knockback is never a death sentence on your life. Just because someone said no, it shouldn't crush your insides. We live in a generation right now, it's uh, respectfully, but sometimes our kids get a knockback and it kind of shatters their world. They feel they have no hope for the future. My goodness, just because a judge said you're no good, or just because someone said, I don't think that's your gifting, just push, find your gifting. It doesn't have to affect your esteem. It doesn't have to define who you are. Just because you were told you were no good at something or told or you were yelled at or whatever, it doesn't mean that you're no longer the man on the inside in Jesus. No longer means that you have a, uh, it doesn't mean that you have a bleak future. You have a great future, a tremendous future in Christ. Because now remember, you can chart your own future. That's going to be interesting. Or you could hop into the program before the creation of the world. God had a future and a plan for your life. How about that's your DNA? That's what you're supposed to do. Finding out from Him why I was created, why I was born. How come I came on this earth? How come I'm a born again Christian? And finding out His plan. His plan involves provision, prosperity, more than you could do with your own arm. Prosperity on the inside, feeling good about yourself. Able to love others when you'd rather hate them or despise them or be bitter and you see the injustice of the world. You can st still... Step down and love your enemies. It's amazing. It's incredible. That's the power of Jesus inside of life. That's what He does. He takes away the shame, that cloak of shame, the bitterness, the rejection, the awkwardness, the self-consciousness, 
the feeling like failure, the feeling like I'm embarrassed because of what cousin did or my brother did or my parents did or we're not educated background. Get rid of all that stuff. Don't even think like that. It's Christ in us. The Bible says the hope of all glory. It's about Him, what He can do through a wrecked body, what He can do through despised and wrecked and abused emotions, tormented emotions. God can take, God, the Bible says, can bring joy out of suffering. Out of mourning, out of ashes, He can bring a beauty. Some of us, we hate ourselves. We do, we hate ourselves. We look in the mirror and we think, man, I don't look that great. Because the world says we don't look great, so we compare ourselves to them. I'm telling you, you've got to understand the way God sees you as inherently beautiful. You're beautiful on the inside. You're beautiful on the outside. You're handsome on the inside. You're handsome on the outside. This is not an emotional pep talk this morning to make you feel good. But I'm telling you, you've got to see the way God sees you. That's the difference. Because that'll help you ride your storms. That'll help you get through another day. It'll help you when the Word of the Lord comes about your life. It'll help you get through a month. It'll help you get through a season. It'll help you get through a year. When God gets involved with your marriage, I'll tell you, it'll be the best thing out. You take God and you ax God out of the schools, you ax God out of the government, I'm telling you, there's a nation going down. I have to repeat that. You take God out of parliament, you take God out of the high schools, you take God out of the church, and I'm telling you, there's a nation going down. We're seeing nations plummeting morally today. But I'm telling you, we're also seeing other nations that are taking a stand for Jehovah, stand for Jesus Christ. And I'm telling the blessing of the Lord is reigning supreme over some nations because we know how to put Christ first. And it's the same with your door, your door in your house. What's the atmosphere? What's the environment of your home? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Are you putting Him first? Are you lifting up the name of Jesus Christ? Is it religious? Is it dry? Is everybody getting told off? Is everybody, you've got to do this, you've got to do that? Or we got good old-fashioned passion and good old-fashioned love for Jesus Christ in the household. You start training your kids like that, they'll be so empowered, especially for Father's Day men. We don't thrive in negative environments. Men don't thrive when they come home and the wife's always upset all the time. You haven't put the trash out. You haven't done this. We would rather go back to work and put a few more hours in because I get more praise at work than I get in the home. And we go to bed at nighttime and it's just like everything's cold. It was a cold dinner, cold atmosphere. The room's cold. The bed's cold. She's cold. And it's kind of the Great Wall of China is between us. Get up in the morning, same old, same old. You go to work before she wakes up. That's the strategy. When she's in bed at night time, you creep in. She says, I know you're here. (laughs) I'm telling you, God can revive the most broken relationships. We give up so much, don't we? We give up. God's got a plan for this nation. It's amazing. It's got a plan for your life. And don't give up on your relatives. This morning, you might be sitting next to Mr. Depression (laughs) or Miss Bitterness over there. Or Miss Lust somewhere. Notice I didn't point anywhere. I just see somewhere, maybe. But I'm telling you what, there's hope for all. Brother and sister addiction. There's hope for all. That's the God we serve. He hasn't given up on us. You know what? We often give up on Him. That's the problem right there. We look at the idol. We look at the, the, the heap of uh, uh, Goliath in front of us. We look at the surmounting pressures and we say, okay, I'm away. I'm out of here. No, no, no. But inside of you, every opportunity is always going to be a difficulty. Every opportunity is always going to be a trial. Every opportunity is always going to be a Goliath to be slayed. 
It's not the time to cower. It's not the time to go down. I love Israel because they took on the Assyrian army. One million soldiers, only against a few. They put their faith, true story actually historically happened. It was the most powerful or whole planet Earth, most powerful military force, the Assyrian army. I read quite a bit about them. They were incredible. They knew how to fight. They knew how to destroy. They knew how to plunder. They knew how to be very, very, very extremely cruel. And they came against the state of Israel, came against Israel. And what did they do? They cried out to God. They didn't look at their own armaments and say, well, hang on, uh, there's one of us to 50 of them. And uh, if we do it this way, no, no, no. They inquired of the Lord as a nation. The Lord brought a mighty deliverance. How about your finances? We're not intimidated. Now, hear me, you got to hear my sprinters. We're not intimidated by COVID-19. Do you think God is smaller? Oh my gosh, there's a disease broken out in the world. I didn't even know. Jesus, I didn't know. Holy Spirit, did you know? I didn't even know there was going to be a plague that's going to terrorize the nations and everybody's going to be freaking out about this thing. What do we do? Well, I don't know. Angels, do you know what to do? No, we don't know what to do. Oh, we don't even have an answer in the heavenlies. God is not intimidated by disease. He's not intimidated by cancer. He's able to do exceedingly above. I think we need faith back in the house. We need to start believing God. We need to get back on a good old Bible teaching that actually believes God and trusts God and sees the coming of the Lord, sees the miracle power of Jesus Christ in our midst. Oh, somebody give a shout to the Lord. In fact, someone give you a slap to your neighbor and tell him God is working for you now. Not too hard. Some of you love that. That was your opportunity. I've been wanting to hit him for months. God divinely had me sit next to him this morning so I could slap him. It was my husband. You know, in uh, Revelation 3, 7, it says this, for God can open up a door for you. How's that? God can do it. I love it when God opens his doors. God can open up a door that no man can open. How about that? Needing a job? God can open up a door that no man can open. And guess what? Conversely, he can close a door that no man can close. We've got drugs coming into this country. God can stop that. I'm, t- not, I'm telling you, we've got all sorts of illicit material coming to the country. God can stop. As the church prays and takes a stand in their authority, God can stop a lot of things coming through our borders. Yet at the same time, God can release revival. We've got to start thinking God-like. God activity, miracles, signs, wonders. Get New Testament Christianity alive and well in our hearts. Don't shy away from hard pressure. Don't shy away from it. There's pressures around just about everything. To build a great family is actually hard work. It's a lot of pressure. To build a successful business, some of you know what I'm talking about. It's pressure. It takes time, but it takes a lot of pressure. Don't run away. To build a powerful ministry, it's pressure. To have a great marriage, I believe it's pressure. It's hard work. My goodness, it's hard work. Humbling ourselves, forgiving one another. Loving one another. You ladies know what I'm talking about. Loving your husbands. Seeing beyond our breath. It's sometimes like a rat's armpit. Getting up in the morning and choosing to look at the potential in sickness and health, darling. All I can see is there's something good inside you this morning, but I'm having to read it by Braille right now because I can't see the outside. 
They had a brief, brief fire into that relationship. Come on, go home like a dragon. <laughs> Woman, <laughs> you weren't so ugly thing, but now, <laughs> breathe some fire. Romance. Wow. Discern. You ready? Number three. Discern the pressure. Have enough energy in your soul that when you go home that your kids don't have second-rate material. Put it another way. Have so much energy after work that your family don't get the leftovers. Sitting on the couch, come home 4.30, driving, just about falling asleep on the way home. That was such a hard I put my effort, I put my whole soul, I put my whole being, I put the ounce of everything I am into my work today. And your wife says, well, can you put out the trash? I hate the trash. I'm doing nothing. I just need the couch. Give me the couch for a month. I need that couch, man. Have some life. So when you're coming home, it's rejuvenation time. Hey, 4.30's finished, man. Speeding down that way at 49K. And I, next minute you're home and it's just like, wow, I've got all this energy. Kids, I love you. And it's just like, wow, you got life in the home because your energy, ready? It's not all sucked out of you at work. Discern the pressure. Some, look, some pressures are good for you. They help mold you. They're part of where you're going. But there's also a whole lot of other pressures that we bring around our own self. There's a whole lot of stuff that we're doing. It's better to say no. Every leader needs to say yes and needs to say no. If you're always saying yes to everything, you have no energy for you time. You have no energy for husband time or wife time. You have no energy for kid time, family time. You have to learn to say no. I said no to something this week and I felt so much bigger. I felt so much better. I felt like I had done a spring clean. I was saying last night to our leaders, have you, how many people like doing a spring clean? Giving away all your clothing and giving away stuff. Getting rid of some of your food out of the cupboards and just, just you can have that couch. I don't care about that couch anymore. We're sitting on the floor and just doing a bit of a spring clean around the home. It actually makes you feel good, right? Some of us need a spring clean in the mind. That'd be good detox so much social media going crazy feeding on all the negative news of the world it just drives it's an imbalance it drives us crazy we get a perspective faith has a perspective we need to have a higher perspective and then there's a perspective of the world and there's a perspective of the demonic realm that wants to bring the world right down God wants to bring us up he's the lifter the Bible says of our heads high and above brings our feet into high places that's where, that's where our destiny is. We live above that. Yes, the world is falling apart. And it's going to get a lot worse. But that doesn't mean it has to touch the cargo household. There might be some pressures around this well, but it doesn't mean it needs to rip out the soul of my family. I belong to a kingdom. It's actually called the kingdom of God. And guess what? The person that created the world that we sit and walk in and drive around every day just so happens to be leading that kingdom. It's called the kingdom of light, the kingdom of righteousness. And guess what? One day, every single person that's dead now, it's alive now, will group together and every single one of us will give an account to how we've lived our life to that person. That's God. That's the kingdom I'm involved with. So why should I fret about economy? Why should I worry about some things? The Bible says to be anxious for zero, nothing. You belong to that kingdom too if you've given your life to Jesus. It's how you see it. We see not by our naked eyes. 
If you do, we're going to be limited. But we see from spiritual eyes, the eyes of the Word of God, the eyes of Jesus Christ that helps us see potential in something that's dead. Discern the pressure. So I want to say this. There are some things around our life that I think that we just need to get rid of. Know your limitations and don't overstretch. Have you ever been in the gym and you've overstretched? Have you ever done that? You sort of think, I haven't been in the gym for a month. And so you go in there and it's just like, oh my goodness, let's go and I'm sure I can lift this again. And so you start pulling muscles and all sorts of stuff. That's life. Sometimes we overdo life. You've got to have some resources. You've got to have, have some time for you on the inside. And that's a very important message because I know some of us tried to perform. We try to please. We live under the power of family expectations. Got to be here. Got to be there. Uh, can I say this? Some of us husbands treat our mothers like they're our secondary wives. It's not right. And we give our wives what's left, small amount. Mate, that's your wife. That's your gold. Treasure her, elevate her. She's not under mama. Oh, I'm speaking to somebody this morning, but that's true. And it's certainly gone real quiet here now. But I'm talking some home truths now. We respect and we honor our mothers because Mother's Day is coming up too. Now we respect and honor our mothers, but let me tell you this, the Bible has order. Let me throw something out for you while we're on this. Okay. Husbands and wives, your first relationship is husbands and wives. Oh my goodness. Come on now. You didn't get that. But that's true. Our first relationship is to husband and wife. But we grow up in communities all around. My first relationship is to my kids, to, to baby Johnny and, and my daughter Sally. No, it's not. It's not biblical order. The Bible talks about first mention. It's husband and wife together, first priority. When you put a husband and wife together and you love one another's first priority, it'll flow down into the kids. What flows in the father flows in the sons. The seed of blessing, not the seed of insecurity, will come down and hit the kids. There'll be an, ans- uh, there'll be an absence of rebellion. When you have a wedge between a husband and a wife, I'm telling you, you can get rebellion in your household. But when you have a father and a wife, that are, a husband and a wife that are intimate together, that are praying together, Together, that are steadfast together, that are speaking the language of faith, that are abiding by the Word of God, that are abiding by the vine, it will bless your household. Come on, let's give the house the Lord. But let me tell you what we do, we do, we put our mamas or we put somebody else, we put uncle. And so we're running around after uncle and uncle says this and uncle says that. When was the last time you had some time with your husband? Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, uncle, it's just like, let me tell you what we do with uncle. We say, uncle, we love you. But you have a place in the family. We respect and we honor you because that's very important. We honor our elders, okay? But I'm, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I, I have to honor my wife. I have to give her some time. I have to honor my husband. We have to work together. It's about time that we started to speak some truth. It's not about culture. Well, you spoke about my, no, I'm not speaking about culture. Put culture aside. I'm talking about human beings right now. It's not that we're not submitted to people or it's not that we're blinded to a a wise counsel. No, we flow together. But at the end of the day, you have to answer before the Lord. Discern the pressure. I remember once I was in American Samoa one time and sometimes we feel like we want to impress people. Ever done that before? Ever still doing it, are you? (laughs) American Samoa was, and you know the story. I thought I needed to impress these people because I was full of testosterone. And testosterone is all about living. It's all about coming first. It's all about strength, strength beyond measure. And uh, here I am. 
and uh, there was a cliff face, and these uh, the American Samoans, men, muscly guys, they were jumping off the cliff. They knew the cliff well because they were local boys. Here's the Palangi guy, me, skinny ass, a lot skinnier than I am now. In those days, I didn't have a stomach. I hardly had a rib cage. But you know what I thought? Oh, this was good. We just played some touch rugby. I scored a try, actually. It was a miracle. <laughs> but I was itching for some credibility, for some status amongst the brothers. He's the only white, one, white guy out here. So you know what it is? The cliff from here to where Paul is and Angelo. And they were jumping over it off the prisoners. Do you know what I did? I kicked off my jandals. The same ones 20 years ago I'm wearing right now. No. And you know what? I ran towards the thing. I never looked. I never looked. I didn't, I didn't look. I, I just thought, how stupid is that? But that's the test drone, fellas. It's like this is a winning. This is about, don't worry about calculation. It's just about doing it, man. I jumped off that cliff. I didn't realize how, well, oh my God. And there they were. These uh, American Samoan guys about this big. And here I am. Hello. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. One plus one equals two. Lord, I might as well get my will out right now. And here I was going smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's just like goodbye, sky. And, it was, and I just missed a rock, actually. And I thought to myself, you know, what is it about us? What is it about us guys? We've got to prove something. Okay, pressure is a little bit like that. What we're going to do, we're going to put our energies. You ready for this? Put all our testosterone men and put all our energies, how we're going to look at some of the pressures in our life. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to say, this pressure is good for me. This is going to mature me. This is going to make me bigger on the inside. This is going to help me to get to my destiny. I can win these ones. But I've also got a whole lot of other pressures. These ones I'm going to nail. These ones I'm going to overcome else. These ones I'm going to overcome. These ones I'm going to get rid of. These ones I'm going to say no to. And I'm telling you, then you've got space on the inside to breathe. Space to be a creative thinker, to have the innovation come. Space to actually love our wives and give our children the best. So in other words, when the household isn't full of reaction, uh, we, uh, we, we damage the soul and wound the soul of them. We can love one another like Christ wants us to because we've got a refreshed thing on the inside happening. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. The last one for us this morning is this. The last one for us this morning is this. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your faith. That, you know, look, some of us get depressed every now and then, but I don't believe the devil's out for depress you. I believe he's out for your faith. You know, we get discouraged sometimes. We think, oh my goodness. Do you know what he's trying to do with that mountain? He wants you to have a look at that mountain, be there or move his cast in the sea. The reason why the mountain is big, mountain speaks of something that doesn't get moved. It speaks of an entrenched obstacle. And yet the Bible says we've got to speak to the mountain, not speak about the mountain. Oh, mate, you see how big that is, man? No, we've got to speak to it, face it with God. Get that swing, the Goliath swing against Goliath and begin to catapult over the mountain and begin to slay our giants like Goliath. You're anointed to overcome, uh, to, you're anointed to overcome trials, precious. But the devil or the enemy, the powers of darkness, want your faith. He wants to bring you down low level. Pull you down from the position of faith. So you're living just a natural living, natural life. Your perspective is wonky. It's no longer a God perspective. It's a humanistic or secular perspective. You begin to view the economy through natural eyes. God wants you to view it through spiritual eyes. 
I begin to view my marriage through natural eyes. God wants me to view it through spiritual eyes. I begin to uh, uh, view the sick and the infirmed and the impossibilities, the incurable through natural eyes. We begin to plan for everybody's funeral around here. God says, no, see it through my eyes. There's a burden, there's an obstacle, there's a giant, there's a valley, there's a height before you this morning. And it's now time to wake up, shape up and come up in the realm of the Spirit and begin to view things through God's eyes. That's how God wants to see things. You to see things. Your faith builds a bridge to God. It shakes the heavenlies. It gives you confidence. It releases the resources. It causes you to triumph. It causes you to stamp on the enemy's head every time. Press down, shaken. It causes you to have might. It causes you to have a supernatural strength. He's attacks us in the family because he wants to discourage us. He wants to demoralize us because he wants to take our faith out of our mind and out of our soul. He attacks us in the area of the finances. Why? Because he attacks us in the area of, of, of our business. Why? It's to rob us from our faith. He's not interested in our money. He's not interested in our economy. He wants to rob faith out of Rarotonga. He wants to take faith out of every household. He's not even interested in your marriage. He certainly ain't interested in our gifts and our talents. He wants to demoralize us and discourage us. And he wants to take faith in God's perspective, the higher perspective out of a nation. So we're looking downward, but God wants us to look upward. Listen, the nations could topsy-turvy, but there could be a generation of people right now that could believe God exceedingly, abundantly all that God, that we can ask and imagine. We can see God move in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website, celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.